Welcome to the show. I'm Chris Oldcorn. Our first story is about young people, those of you under 40, a demographic I wish I was still a part of. 33% of all the cases of COVID-19 in Canada are with people under the age of 40. We now have 4,186 cases of COVID-19, according to Public Health Canada. 29% of those cases are people between the ages of 20 and 39. For people under the age of 19, they account for 4% of all the cases of COVID-19 in Canada. That works out to 33% of the cases for COVID-19 are people under the age of 40. Now, our Chief Public Health Officer, Dr. Teresa Tam, said recently that the people who are under 40 are actually making up 12% of the hospitalized cases. So it's still possible if you're under the age of 40 to develop COVID-19 in a serious way where you will require hospitalization. Now, Steve Hoffman, who's a professor of global health law at York University, said the following. 12% is still a significant number that should make any young person stop and pause to recognize that this represents a threat not only to the elder members of society, but to everyone. We saw pictures of young people on spring break on the beaches down in Miami and they had to close the beaches because young people were not considering COVID-19 something that would affect them. However, 33% of the, all the cases for COVID-19 are people under the age of 40. Young people are not invincible. I know when I was younger, I thought I was invincible. That's a trait that a lot of young people have. You think you're going to live forever and that nothing can harm you and there's no disease or anything that can, you know, put your life off track. However, that's not always the case. Now, the other thing that's very important here is that young people then get in contact with older people. You visit your parents or your grandparents and then guess what? If you have COVID-19, you can then pass it on to them and they are, yes, in the group of individuals who are more susceptible to developing a serious case of COVID-19. So it would be wise if you didn't go out in public if you don't have to. Now, it's important for young people to know that you could get COVID-19 in a very mild case and develop an immunity to it. However, that doesn't mean you can't also pass it on to someone else who will develop a more serious case. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We now have today's numbers for Algoma. We have tested 405 people. We have five positive tests and we have 224 negative tests and we're waiting for test results for 176. Now these were the numbers they released at 8.30 this morning. However, we do know there is one other case uh, in Algoma, so that number has gone up to six. Here's what we can tell you about the first five. The first case was a woman in her 50s. The second case is a female in her 40s. The third case was a male in his 60s. The fourth case is a female in her 60s. And finally, case five was a 20-year-old male as well. He was the first person in Algoma region under the age of 40 to actually get COVID-19. Uh, nationally speaking, about 33% of everyone who gets COVID-19 happens to be in the age group of under 40. Now, one of the most vulnerable age groups is in seniors' homes. 
We are now up to 29 dead in Ontario nursing and retirement homes in the province. What we do know from officials is that there is at least 22 facilities across Ontario that are seniors homes that have outbreaks of COVID-19. This is raising fears across the province that it's going to, the pandemic is going to really affect the seniors long-term care homes and then also the nursing homes. What we do know is that there is now 29 dead at nursing homes across the province. These 29 dead include the 12 that we know of from a nursing home in Bob Cajun. We're seeing an outbreak in the nursing homes across the province with 22 nursing homes currently facing an outbreak, outbreak of COVID-19. We do know that we have 40 deaths now across Ontario related to COVID-19 and about 107 nationwide. Dr. Barbara Yaffe, who is the Associate Chief Medical Officer of Health for Ontario, said Tuesday afternoon that 11 deaths in Ontario were in long-term care homes. However, she acknowledged that figure isn't up to date. We know that there was 12 dead at a Bob Cajun nursing home and one of the volunteers passed away there as well, which leaves 17 other COVID-related deaths in long-term care and retirement homes across the province. Now, Natalie Mehra, who is the Executive Director of the Ontario Health Coalition, said the following, it's heartbreaking because people in those homes are very vulnerable. Now, it's a serious and deadly disease that I am frightened for what's going to happen across Ontario's long-term care homes now. Now, the virus is not necessarily just spread by people within the nursing home. It's also spread by staff and visitors. Now, most nursing and retirement homes have asked that non-essential visitors do not come to the nursing homes at all. Uh, the staff are now being screened 24-7. The Ontario government put in uh, a policy just a few days ago that there's 24-7 screening for all staff going into any long-term care or nursing home in the province. Now, based on new research from the Center for Disease Control in America, people who have a are doing asymptomatic transmission of the virus, which means that you have it but you don't know you have it and you're giving it to others, is a problem in the nursing and long-term care homes. And what they're now suggesting is that all staff, all staff in long-term care homes and nursing homes wear masks all the time to try and prevent the spread of COVID-19 through what is the most vulnerable population for this outbreak. And we're already seeing that 22 nursing homes across this province are having outbreaks of COVID-19 we need to slow that down and stop it, and masks are one way to do it. We'll be right back. And welcome back. There's been a lot of questions and confusion about who gets what government benefits during the COVID-19 pandemic. So what I thought I would do here is clear it up on different scenarios and what benefit you can apply for. The government has put in a new benefit called the Canada Emergency Response Benefit. And here's how this one works. Your income has been disrupted by COVID-19, which means you're either working less hours or you've been completely laid off. And how it works is you actually apply for that one through the Canadian Revenue Agency. So make sure that your direct deposit numbers for your bank account are up to date with Canadian Revenue Agency so that they can deposit the money directly into your account and not send you a check in the mail. Here's how it works. You will receive $2,000 a month. 
you can start applying on April the 6th through the CRA's website. You can also apply via phone. After you have applied, the money will get to you about 10 days later into your bank account by direct deposit or they will mail you a check which will then take up to 10 days to get to you. How this works is the following. You will be paid $2,000 every four weeks for four months and you will be able to get that benefit until October 3rd, 2020 before they have to go back and reauthorize that part of our COVID-19 response for people who are having economic hardship. Now, the other part of this is you've been laid off or you've completely lost your job and you're eligible for employment insurance. Now, employment insurance is operating the same way it always has, other than you can get it a week earlier than before. However, if you get the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit, you can also still get the employment insurance as well. Now, the employment insurance, the way it works, is you get 55% of your average weekly earnings, up to a maximum of $573 a week, which works out to $2,292 a month. So it is possible to get both employment insurance and the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit, which would mean you could get up to about $4,292, $4,292 each month from these benefits to help you during this time. Now, another situation is you are sick yourself or under a quarantine, you are also possibly eligible for employment insurance and that is through the Employment Insurance Sickness Benefit. Now, the Sickness Benefit works very similar. You get up to 55% of what your earnings are to the max of the $573 a week. Now, there is another scenario also happening here, and that is you're eligible for employment insurance and you're caring for someone who's critically ill. Now, this is called the Employment Insurance Caregiver Benefits. How does this work? It works just the same as if you're sick yourself. So you'll get up to 55% of your income or $573 a week. And with that benefit, you can get that benefit for anywhere from 15 to 35 weeks before that benefit will run out and you'll have to either reapply or go on to another government program. Now, not everyone is as lucky as we are here in Canada dealing with this COVID-19 outbreak. People who are in the Middle East, particularly Gaza, Syria, and Yemen, do not have access First off, to basic running water most of the time to wash their hands. They're in war-torn countries. There's over a million refugees just in Syria alone. These countries are having problems that go well beyond whether or not they can pay their rent or their mortgage this month. So this is what's going on there. And I thought I'd kind of highlight it so we can at least see that our situation is actually much better than some other countries on this planet. When you are in a refugee camp, it's very hard to social distance six feet apart when you have families crammed into tents and you're talking about a large amount of people crammed into a small area. There are more than 15 million families in war-torn areas right now, Syria, Yemen, and Gaza, and they have access to a total, a total for 15 million families, not 15 million people, 15 million families, 1,700 ventilators and beds. Syria already has nine cases of COVID-19 that they know of and one death. Gaza has already confirmed 10 positive cases and Yemen has yet to declare any cases. However, testing in conflict zones are, is very limited. It's hard to do and even just helping in that area medically is extremely difficult. 
Now, the UN is extremely worried about those three countries. And the reason they're worried is the amount of people who've been displaced and the fact that a lot of the hospitals have been destroyed. Just in Syria alone, in the northern province of Idlib, 80 hospitals have been destroyed by bombings. So not only did they not have a good healthcare system to begin with, the healthcare system they had, a lot of it has already been destroyed. We will be right back. Thank you for watching The Chris Oldcorn Show. I'm Chris Oldcorn. You can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Chris Oldcorn. You can also listen to the audio version of The Chris Oldcorn Show on Spotify. Just search for Chris Oldcorn Show and you'll find it there. Please stay tuned to On TV and Sue Online for more information. Have a great evening and I'll see you tomorrow.